Three, two, one. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of season two of the Panthers Nation Network. And like we said, we're inching closer and closer to the draft. I actually woke up in like a Groundhog Day kind of thing on Thursday. I woke up on Thursday thinking the draft was coming, and I was like, why is no one saying anything about today? Like, I was really concerned. I even texted like the group, like, hey, let's get ready for today. They probably thought I was stupid, like didn't know what I was talking about. And then I had to realize halfway through, like, oh, wait, the draft is not this Thursday. It's, the, it's, it's, it's this next Thursday. So Lord knows I've been itching for it. But before we get into that, I'm going to talk about another free agency move that kind of went under the radar, um, did not get the recognition it deserved. Panthers picking up Titans defensive tackle Daquan Jones. And guys, I mean, it's a little bit, like I said, we're a little bit biased, but it also helps. You know, we paid, I, I know I've paid attention more to the Titans, you know, over the last 20 years of my life. And so has Jeff. And we can, we've seen how Daquan has been kind of undernoticed because of, you know, who he was playing with when Jarrell Casey or Jeffrey Simmons, or even that back, you know, the front seven of having some of the guys they have at linebackers. So Jeff, talk a little bit about how he can pair up and help Derek Brown grow. Cause he's not, I mean, he's not a young guy. He's not a veteran quite per se, but he's not a young guy either. Well, I mean, listen back, you know, he was drafted in the fourth round in 2013. Um, and he was actually slated to be like a number one draft, like the top defensive tackle to be taken. So, you know, listen, he's played with Jarrell Casey. He's played with, you know, Jeffrey Simmons. Um, and, you know, he's been productive. I mean, he's been productive in the last three seasons. He's missed two games, number one. So for a defensive tackle, only missed two games in the last three seasons. That's pretty stout. But what he did, it wasn't going to set the world on fire. He wasn't Jeffrey Simmons. He wasn't Jarrell Casey. <laughs> but <clears throat> he added to the front line there, and he made that defensive front line, you know, Pretty stout, but of course, um, uh, now moving to Carolina, you know, um, I, listen, I think he's going to shine. I think he's uh, and, and to get him for, I think it was four million dollars. I think it was a one-year deal for four million bucks. I mean, I don't understand why the Titans didn't do. I, I don't understand it. I mean, on the Titans, and you had no pass rush, although they got the guy from um, Indianapolis, and I can't remember his name right now. Um, they got a defensive tackle from Indianapolis, Bautry. Yes, thank you. Um, Titans did. So I guess what they said was, you know, fine. But I mean, to know the system, to, to, to work side by side with Jeffrey Simmons and stuff, I listen, I, but I think to me, that is one of the most solid signings, like you said, under the radar, but for the Panthers, I think, you know, he's going to add a lot to it. And um, I, I think he's going to be very productive. And I think you're going to see a lot of Panther fans happy and a lot of Titans fans uh, unhappy. Yeah, and just like talking about it, and Shantice, I mean, you, you've seen, you know, what obviously the development Derek Brown had last year just in that short season. Talk about, you know, with now, with, we were really excited to see him with KK. We never got to see that. Do you think we can get that one-two pair we've been looking for right here? Most definitely, man. And it's, and it's important that we do so. I thought that having Kawan Short coming into this year alongside Derek Brown would have really helped Derek Brown's growth. He had to grow a lot by himself, which again can give you, which again can give you a lot of great experience. But there's still a, another step that, that can be taken when you have a, a nice running mate alongside you. I mean, think about think about for years we had Starla Tulele and Kawan Short that both helped anchor that interior. And having a guy as young and explosive as Derrick Brown adding a, adding a veteran presence, adding a veteran presence alongside of him that has been, seen success, played played alongside guys that are similar to. Derrick Brown's skill set, I think it can only enhance what we have. And and, it, and again, I got to give kudos to that front office, man. They've done a great job of filling all of the, not the big needs, but we we had a bunch of small needs that we needed, that we needed holes, that we needed fixes for. And they did a good job of addressing those. They addressed middle linebacker. 
They address they, they address the depth on the defensive line. They've done all of that within free agency. And again, not that they not, not that they that they won't take chances on certain guys in the draft, but the fact that they went out and tried and tried to be you know proactive instead of reactive to some of the things that we need and possibly helping us, you know, going going a different go a different direction in the draft that could possibly help us more in the long run as well. No, you talk about. It. I mean, like I said, like we've we've talked about it multiple times. How we mentioned, you know, what helped the the 2015 Panthers get to where they were was that depth in the roster. You know, one guy get injured, boom, it's next man up. You had Greg go down, Ed Dixon Dixon came up. Like that's how it went. And then the same thing you saw on the flip side of it, you could say with the Chiefs. I mean, obviously a lot of firepower on that team, but at the end of the day, when you don't have the depth at that offensive line or in certain other positions. I mean, that's where the Bucs had. They had more than enough depth in most of their positions. And so that's what, I mean, at the end of the day, because you can argue back and forth who is the more talented team, but at the end of the day, one team was able to play a full 60 minutes, one team was not, and that kind of helps you out there. So we talked about it. I mean, some of the things, they started out kind of more bargain, bargain, you know, barrel picks and, and signings at the beginning of the year, but they went, I, I was giving them like a B, B, you know, B plus. I'm giving them A minus now because like they've just gotten that depth. You mentioned KK and you mentioned Star. interestingly enough. Two other defensive tackles taken in 2013 over to Quan Jones. Tyler, talk a little bit about, you know, having now gotten three defensive tackles all to 2013. The comparisons, one obviously helped us for a little while, but then fell off. The other one never really developed. What have you seen out of the Quan Jones that you like coming onto the team? Yeah, you know, that 2013 draft was uh, was a complete miss. So on the NFL Network, they uh, usually cycle through the different drafts and they go 2011, which we know a great draft. And they, they go through all the years and they skip 2013 because it was just that bad of a draft. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, we, we got our fair share from Kwan Short and Star was fine for a little bit. But and, um, so now I'm excited, uh, you know, to bring in to Kwan Jones. And um, we talked about it on this podcast before, like, we have three legit starters on the D line. Um, you, you could even say four with this on Reddick. And if we were able to add that interior uh, rusher, uh, interior defensive tackle, and hopefully that can beat Daquan Jones. And if we if he can, we can get something out of him, we could really bring this defensive line together, and it could be a top unit in the league. I'm sure of that. Um, I think already right now we're top 10, top five defensive line in the league with um, a lot of room to grow with, you know, your tour, um, you know, really has a lot of room to grow in year two. And obviously looking at Derek Brown and uh, Brian Burns, um, Dequan Jones is going to open up more for them and uh, really going to help Derek Brown. And, uh, you know, we have a pretty nice rotation there in the middle now with Derek Brown, Morgan Fox, Dequan Jones, Bravion Roy. So, you know, we're looking good in the interior and uh, I like that we're building through the trenches. That's the biggest thing for me. Well, the one, the one cool thing, too, was he told Paul Kahorski, who works for the Tennessee, and um, he just said, I'm ready to go somewhere and be the number one defensive tackle. I've been playing beside some studs, but now I want to go out and be the stud. And he's 6'3", uh, 6'3", I think. Um, so he's not a small The, the physicals are there. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I said it's there. And, um, you know, I like I said, um, kudos to him. I, I think it's one of the more solid signings in the this late in free agency. Um you know, you normally don't see a lot of moves like this, and um, it, it turned out to be a good one. So kudos to the Panthers. And I think the, the best part about looking at it, and I think so, is that I mean, then why Daquan thrived. You know, I mean, he's going to say that. You know, he's he's got to he's got to back it up because Derek. I mean, he wasn't playing you know top five defensive tackle in the league, but he definitely had his moments, especially for a rookie year. But I think what I like about that signing, especially, is because 
that's how he was able to thrive. And that's kind of how the Titans defense worked for a little while. It faltered a little bit this year with injuries and just their back, you know, for not being what it could have been. But with the Titans, especially when their defense was stout about two years ago, that was probably one of the best defenses in the league. It was, you didn't know who was coming at you. You didn't know who you were going to have to block. It could have been, you know, it could have been Jayon Brown coming off. It could have been, you know, Jeffrey Simmons coming off the line. Like you did not know who you were going to have to get at. And with the Panthers, now we have that. You don't know if it's going to be Reddick or Burns or or Fox or you don't know who's going to be coming at you. And I think what we saw from Phil Snow that we liked was that, you know, he was able to call up some creative things and get players where they needed to be. And if they're really trying to play, not necessarily positionless, but just almost like anyone can come at you. They can throw – they have a, a carousel of guys that they can throw at you at any point in time. And I think Phil can really, if if it's if it's if it's if it's drawn up right, which I think we've seen Phil doing the, at, at certain times, if it's drawn up right, then I think it can be really really good. And, you know, and when you bring up bringing up the points that like you know about all the depth that we have and all the and all the versatility that we have across the board on the defensive side of the ball, I kind of want to bring up the the PFF article that came out this this past week where it had us ranked in the bottom five as far as rosters in the NFL. We're ranked I want to say twenty eight by PFF as far as rosters in the in the league. I just I kind of just want to see what everybody's thoughts was about that because I just I, I understood maybe maybe because we have question marks, but as far as just talent, you know, per position, I can see us being some I can see us being more of a middle of the pack, like around 15 to 18 type of range. Um I'll 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 go first on this one. And I think it's different being as, as a fan. And I think because I've started what Tyler did, he started, he was doing it, making like a running depth chart. I started looking, I started looking at it too with some of the, you know, just trying to keep track of all the stuff that's going on through free agency. We could have, I mean, there are some guys on this team. I mean, the team could be completely different looking come, you know, week one. I mean, it's going to be guys that, you know, it, it's just going to be wild. You know, there's, I think the only t- player still left from the Super Bowl, I want to say, is Shaq and JJ. And I think that might be about it. Yes. And so that's, yeah. That's crazy in and of itself. You know, we've lost not not guys that really, you know, made it, but we lost guys like Alex Arma. He's gone. You know, we lose Mike. He's gone. I think as fans, it's really easy to know because we pay a lot more attention now. But PFF, you take PFF however you take it. And you don't know you don't know the attention they necessarily pay to one team, whether it's a beat reporter. And even if it is a beat reporter, it could be someone like David Newton who had, doesn't even know what he's talking about. But regardless, <laughs> as fans, and, and Jeff can attest to this, we know – the, the, we know the ceiling. We are perfectly aware of the ceiling of what our roster can be. Looking at it objectively, it is an incredibly young roster that has never, like most of this team has never played a game with each other. If you look at the new pieces and the new guys we have coming in. So, and especially with this coaches, I mean, year two of, year two of coaching staff, yeah. with how young these guys are. I mean, we saw the pot, we saw the ceilings last year in certain games. I mean, I think the most telling game was obviously Minnesota. You saw the ceilings of how good the defense and the offense could be in that first quarter then you saw the floor just as quickly. And so I think if you're if they're if they're going just purely from an objective standpoint of looking at the roster as it lies, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Now if we're talking what it could be and what I hope I think it will be, um, what it could be top 10 off the top 10 roster. It could be. But what it realistically what I I would think I mean I hope it I think it'll be you know middle of the pack. And Jeff is all four. I mean, the Titans are one of those teams that they're they could be one of the best rosters on paper. I don't mean they're making the Super Bowl, and it sucks to say, but Jeff knows that more than more than most. No, agreed. I mean, <clears throat> you know, um, it's hard for me to look at them being the bottom five. Um, I, I just I, I can't get that uh, through my head, especially on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Um, 
because you, you and, and once you talk about potential and everything there, I mean, you, you got to go out and prove it. Can they do it? I mean, we'll get to it and we'll get into the draft talk and stuff. You know, Sam Darnold, what's going to, you know, I, I, whatever, but, you know, unproven. Um, but what they have, what they can be. And when, when I look at rosters, I object, I, I, I look at it from, I never look at it as what they are. I always look at it as what they can be, if that makes sense. I just, that's me. That's, I, you know, I look at this roster and go, okay, you know, let's say you're a top five offense, which you could really be. And maybe you're a 20 to 25 defense, maybe just because they're young and stuff like that. Yeah. So find that, you know, 25 and five, find the middle of the pack and be 15, 15, 20. Listen, there's some bad teams in the NFL. There's some bad rosters and there's some bad teams in the NFL. So, um, you know, especially on the NFC side. Um, so I, I, I have a hard time with it. I, I don't, I don't like the idea. Um, but like you said, um, to be a cockeyed optimist, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I always look at, at, at potential. Um, and that's what everybody should do is what is potentially, what can they be? And I think they can be great. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah. Bottom five. I don't think so. I'd, I'd say more towards, uh, you know, looking at the roster currently, I would be fine with bottom 10. I would say that's, you know, probably right around uh, what's right. But like you, like you guys are saying, the uh, potential on our team, um, it's it could we could be, you know, a top 15, top 10 roster in the league. It's just a lot of our positions are filled out and we don't really need to address some of these spots, but we just need these guys to perform. Uh, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, uh, a, a GM can take as many shots, you know, at the as many dart throws as he wants, but the guys have to go on the field and perform at some point. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And um, I think I'd rather be right there with that. We, you know, we have a high variance that we could finish. We could finish, you know, as a great roster. It could all, you know, go to pieces. And that, I think that's kind of, you know, a good a good place to be <laughs> at, as opposed to being a team like a team like the Vikings, who are kind of always going to be in that middle ground. Um, I think I like where we're at, and I, you know, I'm, you know, I think I, I think we can definitely rise up. There's going to be guys, and I know there's going to be guys on our team that uh, overperform this year, and really, uh, you know, or I think we can find some guys that can be future starters and future players that we, you know, be players that are the face of the franchise. So I'm hoping that can happen this year, and we can uh, get out of that bottom five. No, I definitely, I definitely think that. And one of the best ways to do that also is to fill in these other positions and just in case is to the draft. And so last week we brought you that full first round mock and the Panthers seven picks. Well, Tyler, I mean, he, 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 the man doesn't stop. He's in school. He's now he has been sidelined a little bit. How are you doing, by the way? We haven't checked in on you in a little while. Oh, getting better. It's uh, the worst part's over, so it's getting better. Well, that's good. But so I'm like I say, he just the man doesn't stop. So now he's made a full seven round mock. Now, of course, we're not going to go into all that. We'll be here till probably draft day if we try to go through every one of those picks. But we'll bring you the picks that we think matter. You all might not think they might matter. You might just want to hear the Panthers. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because Lord knows we all love to talk. So, Tyler, let's list, list off those first seven for us so we can build up a little suspense going into the Panthers picks. Yeah, so number one, Trevor Lawrence, and number two, Zach Wilson. Uh, I made a uh, top 10 pick chart this week, and I did the percentages for each pick of who I think it's going to be. I'd, I said 100% Trevor Lawrence at one, and then I said 99% Zach Wilson at two with 1% uh, being Justin Fields. I do think there's a small chance they go Fields at two, but I think it's all but locked in with Wilson. Um, and then so looking at it from there, uh, picks three and four. In this one, I went 49ers State at three and went Justin Fields. And pick four was Trey Lance to the Falcons. So that's a big shakeup in the draft. And, you know, four quarterbacks in the top four. So what do you guys think about that? I was say, has that ever even happened before? Uh, Jeff no. and Tyler, you, so you would know more than Shanties and I. 
I, no. I, in the history of the NFL, I don't think there's ever been four taken, uh, four quarterbacks taken in a row. I would love it if the Falcons want to go again. For we talked about this last time. I think I would love it if the Falcons want to go. If they don't want to get Kyle Pitts and get some weapons on that team, if they think they're fine with Hayden Nurse, which I'm not going to disagree with them at all. If they want to go with Trey Lance and do it, that's fine with me. If they want to try to, I mean, I mean, it's honestly, and speaking of me as objective as I can, it's not the worst. It's it's honestly a good idea because you know Matt Ryan, even with the extension, he doesn't have more than three years in the tank. I can't imagine. So if you want to try to get somebody, it's like a, it's like a Roger. I mean, it's, it's, it's com- comparable to probably Rogers and love last year is what I would say. It's probably, I mean, it's the same kind of thought process. It could either work or it just makes you know better. Yeah. Well, it just, it just makes you know better in the short term. No. I'll, I'll, here's what I'd love to know from you guys. Cause I look at these, you know, and I go, okay, let's say that's the way it pans out with Lawrence Wilson fields and Lance. Um, how many of those guys are starting week one? Well, I mean, I said the only guaranteed starter week one is Lawrence. After that, it kind of well, Lawrence and probably Wilson because of because they have nobody else to step into that role. Those two are Lance and Fields seem like they're gonna probably be they'll probably start at some point throughout during the season, but probably on the back half. Maybe like maybe after a bye week, I, I don't know, but probably around like week seven or eight is when I would see Lawrence uh, Fields and Lance starting their first games. I'd say I, I look at Fields in this situation the same way I probably looked at Tua with the Dolphins. Now, had you given Tua a full offseason and a full training camp, all that, you might have seen him starting, you know, even with, I mean, of course, he was battling health issues at the time, but you could have seen him starting a lot earlier than he did. I think same thing with the 49ers. We get a full offseason, which I don't know. I haven't looked into actually how the training camp and, and, and mini camps are all going to go. But if we get a full one with a, with a preseason and everything, I think you could easily see Fields starting week one over over Garoppolo. I think they have been off on him for a while. I think they've been starting to alert to the fact that – I mean, that's why they were in the conversation for trying to – for Deshaun Watson. Of course, that's a much bigger upgrade. But it's clear to me that Garoppolo is not who they're th- the franchise guy they thought he was going to be. So I would not be surprised to see if, if Fields balls out in the in the preseason, however it looks, even you know with the way COVID's been going and all of that, I, I, could, I could see it. I don't know about you, Tyler. Yeah, I think uh- – I think Lawrence and Wilson would be locks. Uh, I don't. I think Lance would be a lock to sit, and I think Fields could go either way. It, um, you know, I think it does seem like they're ready to move off of him, but I definitely feel like the, that's a it's definitely a lot of offense to learn and understand. Hand, and um, that makes me feel like you know, in Fields is also needs to you know clean up his anticipation and some of that other stuff. So I feel you know if I had to guess in this situation, I'd say Grappo probably starts week one, but um, just not. It's just a matter of time until Fields gets in. Now, the only thing I could see that would throw a wrench into all of this is if there's some type of trade. Yeah, and, and what's been mentioned although it's way out there and some of the things I've read has been the evil one, Bill Belichick trading Garoppolo out of there and getting up to number three and taking Justin Fields at three. To wait, wait, wait. Trading to get Garoppolo and the third pick. Well, no. Uh, well, somehow or they work out a trade. Garoppolo goes back to New England and New England gets the third pick. Wouldn't mind Cam seeing on the 49ers if it's a, if it's a one for one. But I don't know that Cam gets traded. Either. I don't. I don't know. I just heard some. I saw a couple of things where Garoppolo goes to New England, and New England ends up getting up into the top three. I, I mean, just don't know. with with San Fran already trading up to three and giving yeah. all. That's true. I, don't, I, That's mean, true. I don't know if we're going to see Bill sitting at his desk or if we're going to see his dog this year. But either way, I don't think either of them are going to be that active in terms of trading. 
Um, I can't remember the last time that the Patriots have traded a draft pick or let alone had a first round draft pick for the longest time. They had always, you know, not ever really had one. Um, I think that sits kind of where it is. So then you got with five and six, um, you had Bengals with Jamar Chase and Dolphins with Jalen Waddle. The duality between these two teams is becoming increasingly apparent. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how these two teams develop, you know, with taking two big quarterbacks in college, both having obviously health issues, Burrow, you know, a little bit later, but they both went to get him blocking in the draft last year after picking them both up. They both wanted to get him offensive line. Now you need to get him, you know, some talent. And so talk a little bit, because if you correct me if I'm wrong, the Bengals have lost A.J. Green now. Not like that really mattered that much anyway. But getting him some talent, not the worst idea. Yeah, you know, if it were me, I would take Sewell here. I think that would be the easy decision. But kind of what I'm thinking here with this mock draft is this is what I think they're going to do. And if I had to put money on it today, I think they're going to go Jamar Chase. Uh, the Bengals in the past have not been good um, in their uh, in their PR department of kind of keeping things in the house. And it's kind of getting leaked out that – they might be liking Chase here at five. And, you know, they're sitting in a great spot. And, I mean, Chase is a elite receiver. He's my number one receiver in the draft. But um, I think, you know, you see what happened to Burrow last year, and they've had an offensive line struggle for years and years. And if you have the choice to get Penny Sewell, who's going to be 21 his whole first year as a rookie, he's, uh, you know, he dominated the Pac-12 at 18 years old. And, you know, my number three player in the draft, I think you got to do it. But if you go Chase here, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. You have uh, chemistry with Joe Burrow um, from LSU, and he steps into a receiver's room with Auden Tate, Tyler Boyd, and uh, T. Higgins, which you know, that's a fine starting three, but nothing that really sticks out. So, you know, chase to chase to, um, to Cincy would be fun. Um, I just don't think it would be the right move. And of course, Lions again doing what they're going to do. I mean, it's going to, I feel like there's no way they don't take, unless one of those receivers is still on the board, I feel like there's no way they don't take. Who they take, Penny Sewell. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I'm not going to say it's it, it's a Lions thing to do. Hopefully it'll go the way the Lions normally go and he'll have all his off the field issues. So with Sewell there, you know, the Lions are such a wild card in the top 10. I, I look at the top 10 and, you know, the first three picks are going to be pretty, you know, they're going to be quarterbacks. Four is the biggest wild card. You know, they could, they could draft a quarterback, draft a non-quarterback or trade out. Five and six are, you know, we think offensive weapons, but that's seven. Uh, we don't know what they could do. And they have so many different needs where it's like everything's on the table, even quarterback. So um, I had them just going best player available here. Um, Penny Sewell, just a new GM coming in, just established that, you know, cornerstone of your offensive line to protect whoever the quarterback of the future is. And, um, you know, falling to seven with Sewell is a, is a steal. So I, I had them jump all over it. And then moving on to the eighth pick, this is where we're all, we've all been quiet. We're waiting for this. Yeah, so pick eight overall, in my opinion, the best case scenario, uh, Kyle Pitts. So, you know, I, 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 see, I see the three options at eight that are pretty realistic, and I think we're going to get one of them. I've talked about it, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, or Kyle Pitts. I think those are the three guys that are in play, and with multiple quarterbacks going in front of us, I feel pretty confident that, that at least one will be there, hopefully all three. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just thinking about Kyle Pitts and our offense with all these weapons is uh, Sam Darnold would have no excuse, uh, that to say the least. So what do you guys think about uh, bringing Kyle Pitts to an offense with, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Rob, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore? There will literally be no excuse aside from the offensive line. There's just this would be the best skill position, one of the best skill position groups there is in football. Because I mean, it, I mean, we already had a, a skill position group that was pushing close to being like a top five, top top five group already. 
adding along probably the best the best non-quarterback in this draft, probably besides Penn, Penn as well. It, do, it does nothing but enhance you. Like I can say it does nothing but, again, give Donald all the opportunity to work with all the weapons he's never seen probably since college. And if if Donald is to turn out, if Donald were, were to turn out to be a to be, to be a, a home run pickup, this offense could be out of here. Honestly, I mean, it, 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 we're, we're, talk, we're talking about it could could possibly be historically great with the talent. I don't know how. I don't. I just don't know how what it all comes together. But there really is. There really is no ceiling on this offense with Kyle Pitts in there. Now let me throw something. Let me let me throw something something at you because I love it either way. The only concerns I continue to have, and it's because we haven't really had someone at the position, at least in my mind, I thought we did. Obviously, there was inconsistencies with the usage of the tight end position under Joe Brady. Now, I get it. It's his first year. But, I mean, I liked always – I've always – I mean, you, you all know I've liked Ian Thomas, and I thought he had talent and he had the phys, you know, the, the physicals to be a, a good guy, especially backing off of Greg. I think we didn't – maybe we didn't train him well enough. That's neither here nor there. So, if we get him, you know – maybe shipping out somewhere, see if we can get something for him. I don't know if there's anyone who might need, you know, a tight end in any way, shape or fashion, but it, it might be nice to try to see if we can shop something for him or maybe let him, you know, try to go a dual tight end kind of punch one, two. I don't know. But then also with Dan Arnold, what does his role become there? Is he just like filling in as like a backup? I mean, because obviously, you know, if Pitts is coming in, he's the starter. I don't think there's any competition unless something weird happens at training camp and Pitts just isn't, you know, getting, getting the feel for things. My thought process is, Panthers have not had, and stay with me, the Panthers have not had a big man, red zone threat, number one tall wide receiver since Kelvin Benjamin, and even that doesn't really count. Since then, we've had a a, 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 beret, a beret of speedsters there. That is So at, at Pitt's, you know, pro day or whatever you wanted to call it, ran a 4-4-4-40. That's insane. He's 6-6 and what, 240 I think last, last he weighed in? To run that fast, I mean, he was getting Calvin Johnson, you know, comparisons so do you move him off the line? Put him at a number one. We've got slot guys with DJ and David Moore. Do you put him at an outside at, at an X spot? Let him run some, some, you know, some plays on the sidelines, or do you keep him in the middle of the field where he's been comfortable? Cause there was comparisons about, you know, that he could be an NFL receiver if he wanted to. So what's, what's your thought process? Is that too, too much to throw at him or is it, you know, might be something that people aren't expecting. No, I think it's definitely um, definitely the right move. I mean, at Florida last year, his most he lined up the most um, at the backside from trips by himself, isolated as the X. So I think you have to move him around in different um, ways, kind of like Darren Waller for the Raiders. Get him off the line, flex him out. Um, it doesn't matter what you call him, tight end, receiver, what, whatever. He, he's just going to – I think in the first couple weeks, this is going to be bold, but I think in the first couple weeks of the season, he's going to be a top five tight end in the NFL. Uh, I think – it happens that fast. I'm, you know, just the receiving skills, the athleticism. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a receiver in a tight end body. I think you keep him at tight end and call him a tight end because um, that's such a mismatch. He's going to be in a couple of years. He's going to be what Travis Kelsey is. And that's why he's my number two player on my board. And, you know, out of everybody in this class, if I had to bet on one player to go to the hall of fame, I bet on Kyle Pitts. It's all good. Yeah. So, I, I got to rub my head on this one. Um, I, I agree. Listen, at the end of the day, when you talk about, you know, Carolina Panthers have had some pretty stout tight ends in Wesley Walls, Greg Olson. This can just add to that legacy. And of course, of Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you can – listen, I agree with you guys. I think he could line up anywhere. Um, and I think, you know, if that's where it goes, like you guys said, I mean, this vaults this offense um, – 
to to another level. And 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 it does give you the point of going, okay, Sam Darnold, you want to be the man. We've given you every weapon we could give you. You better go, and you better uh, better produce. My only question is this, and I keep I'm just being the I'm I'm throwing all these scenarios out for you guys tonight because I just want to do that. Let's say Lance is there. Do you take Trey Lance at quarterback at number eight? If Lance and Pitts are there? If, if, if Lance is there and Pitts is there, what do you do? If Lance, Pitts, or any one of those linemen are there, I'm not, I'm not picking Lance because I get it might be a need that we still think we need. But, like, if you want to – like I said, talk about that immediate success and trying to take control of the division, there are two <laughs> much bigger – I think need. I mean, like the Lions a much bigger need, and Pitts would be a much bigger boost. Like, because it's like Shanti said, I don't think Lance would be. I mean, I, that would. I don't know what kind of co- quarterback controversy that would tr- create, but I don't think that's doing anything to you to make you successful in the short if, term. If the Lions don't take Sewell, do you take Sewell over Pitts? Now that's a different scenario. That's that's where you leave that to the powers that be yeah. and men that are paid a lot more money than us to make. I don't, that think, I don't, think, I don't think. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I think, I, think, if, I think if I think if Sewell's there at, at eight in some way crazy form, I don't. I I take him in a heartbeat over over Pitts. Oh yeah, I mean, look, it, here's the thing. This is Carolina really. If if you can just get competent quarterback play, one of these one of these moves that you make getting getting a Pennsuel, it it solves a lot of issues for you at least for at least for the next you know three to four years. So yeah, you gotta I, Lance is not. A lock for me. If he's on the board, I'm not. I, he's not. He's not a guaranteed lock. For me. I'll let, I have to let him keep slipping. If if Pitts, Sewell, uh, and those guys are still available, Lance, I, I got. I got this bypass Lance because I mean, I still have no idea. He's the biggest wild card of, right. of, the, of the entire quarterback group. We still have no idea what he is as, as, as a quarterback prospect in, in, in our reality. Because at least even in Jones, we know what he's going like, to be. Hey, he only has to surprise us, but we know what he's going to be. With Lance, there's literally. I mean, you have your, you know, your tape and what you've seen of him, but there's just so little to go off of now. And we say, I mean, Jeff, to break it down, really, and what you're trying to, I mean, there's really very little way that they could screw this up. There's really little, very, but, but to say that we said that last year when it was, you know, Isaiah Simmons or Brown, clearly how we saw that now, it, it would have been wrong to pick Isaiah Simmons right there, at least the way, I mean, he might've done better in our team and maybe in our system, but Brown it was the best player available and worked out a lot better. So I think it's up to who you think is the best available really. And if you think that, cause I know Tyler, there has still been some conversation about Suell uh, and some of the things, you know, some questions on him. But, you know, whether it's maturity, not even maturity, but maybe just readiness. But with Pitts, I mean, there's been no question. So I think, Jeff, if you're talking – if it's like Sewell or Lance – however the heck you pronounce his name, I can't remember one way or the other. You know, Penny. How much say Penny? If it's Penny or Lance, I'm going, I'm going Penny. Now, if it's Penny or Pitts, that's a different discussion. Yeah. And that's one well, that, again – I agree, I agree, I agree with Tyler. Are, are, are paid more. I agree with you. I think if Kyle Pitts is there, Pitts is the. I, you know, I was just trying to throw some stuff out there, but if Pitts is there, I think you got to take him because no. then that you. I mean, that offense just becomes um, take it to a whole new level with everything but the quarterback. You just got to put your eggs in the basket of Sam Darnold and pray to God he is, you know, who he says he can be. And I think he's he's got something to prove, and that's what we, we like from the Panthers. Right. He's got a lot. That's that's the biggest thing with this free agency that I've liked is we've gotten guys who have the, – the talent is there, but they have something to prove right. in Jones and Reddick and Fox. And, and they have – obviously, 
the the base. They just they have something to prove, and that's been a thing for the Panthers for the longest time. Whether it's veterans proving they still have something left in the tank, whether it's you know no name or B listers proving they can be you know big stars. We've had that's all we've had, you know. So I I think that fits our mantra well. Now clearly it obviously hasn't worked to the, the final goal, but if we keep banging on the door, at one point it's finally gonna open. It, it, it has to, right? Although that you know Jeff would sympathize with that you think it, it has to work out at some point. At some point you think it does. You would think. Filling out the top ten, Broncos and Mac Jones again. I mean, that's I mean, five first off, five quarterbacks in the top ten would be absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I mean, either or that one seems like that's something that's gonna happen. And I'm again I'm gonna laugh at that one because never I like to see the Broncos crash and burn a little bit. Then Cowboys with JC Horn. Shantese, what do you think about that one? That's exactly what they need. It's exact it's exactly what they need. You you, you talk you talk about a team that hasn't been able to find a it's solidified lockdown corner since we're talking about – we'll be honest. They haven't had solidified lockdown guy probably since what? Deion, Deion Sanders. Deion. I was going to say. Not Deion. <laughs> that's the last guy. Like, and, you, and you talk about a guy that's just – he's made for that. He's made for that type of limelight, made for that Made for that type of – made for that type of scene is J.C. Horn. I mean, I, I, I think he's – more fit to be a number one corner than Patrick Sertain off off the off the rip just because of how well he plays in man to man coverage. And you can say what you want to at the, at the end of the day. You can they talk about scheme fits and everything. The best guys can take on the best guys one on one for the entire game and just play. I seen JC Horn play against the Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, all the best receivers in, 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 in the SEC. He's played them. He's played well. So I mean, I think he fits right in and takes over that number one corner spot. Now. Uh, I mean, it's Dallas, and they've had a they've had a rough go at it as far as coaching staffs and being able to get that defense to gel as one. So he may have some early early struggles, but again, I think for Dallas, that would be where they need to go to. I mean, defensive back seems to be a need for most of the NFC East. If if I'm just looking at it honestly, so I definitely getting Jason Horn would be the way to go. Yeah, so throwing out the rest of that first round, some guys you know that we know are going to go, and some familiar names, you know, Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertain, Rashawn Slater coming off right off the bat. Then we got another one. Shanti's going to throw it to you as well because I know you're going to be the one who's going to who's going to be licking his lips over this one. Patriots with Devonta Smith. Exactly, it's exactly what you need. It's exactly what, it's it's every. Uh, I know a lot of people have been kind of getting on Devonta Smith because of his weight, but just as somebody that's played on the out, played on the outside, and, and Tyler can speak to this as well. Look, man, that weight don't mean nothing when you come out of running routes. Can you get open? Can you look at you can't touch. Look at you can't you can't touch what's not there. And if he, <laughs> and if you can't put hands on him, then not much not much is really gonna happen. I think I think playing alongside Cam, a guy that can. That's great at getting the ball to, to receivers down the field. That's great. That's great at the explosive plays. He would fit. He he would come in and fit right in, and flourish. Honest, in all honesty, you think you think about that offense has their two tight ends. So you have the weapons that Cam is. You have the guys that Cam is best at throwing the ball to, which are which are which are bigger targets, bigger more athletic targets. You have the offensive line already in place. They have a running game that's going to be more of a you know three headed monster type of deal with you know. Uh, uh, date with D Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle and Cam Newton. So everything's in place now just for add the one receiver that can flourish into being a number one. He will kind of be what Ted Ginn was at, 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 in, in Carolina, not in, in, in the sense of we just need timely plays from you right now. We don't need you to, we don't need you to have to be able to be a number one receiver to take over the game completely. But at this point, we just need timely plays and eventually grow into that number one receiver role. He mm -hmm. reminds me of Tyler Lockett a little bit. 
I mean, he does just from Seattle. He's going to get the speed. He's going to find a place to get open, and he's going to extend plays in terms of if Cam's running for his life, which Russell does a lot, he's going to get open. He's, he's going to get open. Yeah, right. He's going to get that speed. He's going to make a cut and get open. So that's where I see that kind of being that kind of go-to person that way. But, yes, listen, I'm done with the size. I think he weighs, what, 160? Yeah. Uh, something like that. Stop. Like you said, you can't tackle what you can't catch. Um, and, and his speed, and I, I mean – He's a stud. Listen, I think it, for for New England, it would just be exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, I promise yeah. that it could be either, it'd be exactly what Cam needs or exactly what he doesn't need because I know all the Cam critics are going to say if he can't make you know Smith work in the first year, even though it's his rookie year, then right. that, that means Cam can't make it work with anyone. Even though it's again his rookie year, but if Cam and him can make that connection quickly and get that off the off the ground, that's going to. I mean, you could you could even depending upon how he does. I mean, the, the the ceiling there is maybe even another resigning and you know a longer contract if you can make something work there. I mean, that would be. Because that's Cam hasn't had that kind of type of talent, you know, developed wise in a while, and never on the Patriots. So I would love to see that. Looking forward to the rest of the first round. We won't stick here much longer. Got one more guy I want to talk about because you know we've seen again more familiar faces like Najee Harris. But then we got to at least throw some love for the Titans for Jeff. Titans getting Rashad Bateman at twenty-two wide receiver out of Minnesota, and that was one guy that we were looking. You know, we were talking about. I mean, Jeff, you know, you wide receivers have. I mean, that's been – especially in free agency, something that y'all have lost a lot of. Talk about how that how that good that could be. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be great. I mean, listen, you know, A.J. Brown is the man, and we know that. Um, and, you know, to, to lose Corey Davis, who was a solid player. Um, and I think he just kind of got lost in the limelight a little bit with A.J. Um, it's going to be tough playing against A.J. And, I, you know, um, but I think to, to bring in Rashad, um, can get downfield, um, can open it up. Um you know, Tannehill has got you know a few more a few more years left there throwing the ball. And one thing I heard today, uh, kind of following some of the Titan stuff, was when they thought about moving uh, Harrington Evans to a slot, the running back that came out of App State, um, and putting him in the slot some. So um, I, I love it. You know, you lose Johnu Smith, the tight end. Um, you know, I, that's concerning me a little bit. So yeah, you got to give. Um, you know, Derek Derek's going to be Derek. AJ's going to be AJ. But you got to have that third person. You got to have that that three headed beast. Um, and, and so I love it. I think it's a solid pick. I think he's a solid, uh, receiver, you know, worked well in that system in Minnesota. And that's a, that's a team that doesn't get a whole lot of love and stuff like that. So I think a solid player, not your superstar stud, um, but just a a solid, consistent football player. I, I, Tyler, is that what you saw out of him? Yeah. Bateman was one of my guys. Uh, I was higher on him than most and he was a first round grade for me. Top 20 player, uh, wide receiver four, but just behind the chase Waddle and uh, Smith. Um, I, I, he's just so well-rounded. I think he's great off the line of scrimmage. Uh, some of the best hands in the draft, great ball skills, uh, tracking the ball in the air, uh, good body control. You know, he's got everything you want. And I think he's going to be a player that, um, you know, is never the star of a team, but I think he's going to be, you know, he can be a wide receiver on the team and he can be, you know, a great player for his whole career, get that second contract and be a reliable option for a team. And I think he'd be a great fit with the Titans because, because I think he brings that toughness to the offense too, that almost every player on that team has. That Mike Vrabel, that Mike Vrabel attitude. Yep, absolutely. I, I do agree there. Yep. So then moving out of the first round, heading into the second, Panthers with pick 39, pick beforehand, you know, any notable names. You got Eric Stokes, uh, Stokes excuse me, going to the Jets. That was a guy we've been eyeing there for a little bit. But at 39, Panthers filling in a need, a need, a position that needs it. And Dylan Radens, Radens, offensive tackle out of University of North Dakota. So talk a little bit about your thought process there, Tyler. 
Yeah, so this offensive line class is the best it's been in years, and it's extremely deep both at tackle and on the interior. So that kind of helps with us taking pits here because, you know, we're not going to find a penny stool in the second or third round, uh, nothing even close to that. But if we can get something that's, you know, almost there and we can get a starting tackle, uh, I think that's a win because there's no finding any – anything near Kyle Pitts in any lay around, you know, there's, there's one Kyle Pitts um, and there's one penny school, but you can get uh, guys that are you know kind of close to him. And I think Raddins is a, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good fit with their offense. Great run blocker, uh, you know, great nasty run blocker, you know, in North, North Dakota state, he had plenty of experience doing that. And so I think he brings that right off the bat athletic tackle who does have some developing to do, but I think he's much more ready than Greg little was when little was coming to the league as he was, Little was projected as this developmental tackle, but he was not athletic at all. <laughs> so I think Raddins has that on him. And um, I think he could come in and compete for that left tackle spot. And to get that in the second round, um, I wouldn't be too mad at leaving uh, the second round with having Kyle Pitts and Dylan Raddins on our team. Uh, that'd be a nice haul to start. I mean, looking like I'm never going to say anything against offensive tackles because looking like at the depth chart trying to make it, I'm not even sure if some of these people actually exist that they have in like three or four for us for some of these, but I really don't even know if they're real human beings. I've never heard of half of them. So anything we can do to bolster the depth at offensive tackle, like we, we all know how I thought I was thinking full, all seven, all offensive tackles. That's fine with me. Get a whole new line if you want to. So anything, I mean, and, and you're right. Like I said, like you said, this class has, there's not, there's, I mean, a gap at the beginning, but then there's a lot right there that has that talent. So I'm, I'm perfectly on board with it. Shanti's what we thinking. Man, if you can add off of the tackle that is that is starter worthy in the second round, and you're able to go with the with with what many guys are saying is a generational talent in Kyle Pitts in the first, then you won. You won the draft at that point right there. If you added a a a, a potential starter in the second round at at a critical position. And I think the cool part is, and, and Tyler mentioned it. You know, the one word I've heard around Raddins a couple of times is nasty. You can get that nasty offensive lineman, um, that kind of Taylor Luan, who will like. You know what I'm getting at, just and, and I mean, listen, North Dakota ain't the ain't the prettiest place to be playing in. <laughs> if you can get out there in the cold weather and all that other stuff, and go out and go toe to toe and gonna knock people down, um, so be it. And so um, to get like like you said, I, that's you know I, I go back to Nate Davis with the Titans coming out of Charlotte. I mean, you know who would have known? So I think you 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 go after that and get yourself if you can get Pitts and Radden Radden in the first round, first two rounds, that's pretty successful right off the bat. Definitely. No, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And um, so then looking, keep continue to look down, look, look, look a little bit more, some of these other names. And then again, another Titans pick. And this would be interesting. And I think I don't, I'm interested to see Jeff's reaction to it. But Titans at 53 taking Asante Samuel Jr. Obviously, Asante Samuel's kid, cornerback out of Florida State. Jeff, what's your thought process there? I mean, cornerback's in a position they need for y'all. Yeah, I know. Um, unless we pull off some trade. Uh, on that, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I say it'd be cool. I, I, you know, um, my only concern there is living up to the name, but, um, you know, we definitely need help, you know, losing, um, you know, Dory Jackson. Um, and that's been, I mean, listen, I don't know how many times last year we were in third and long and we gave up a 14, 15, 20 yard pass. Um, so I'm happy with that pick. Um, you know, he had a pretty good uh, season with the Seminoles. So I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, anything cornerback wise, um, anything to help our defense, uh, especially the secondary, uh, so be it. But he'd have to step in and, and play right away. Mm -hmm, definitely. I think, you know, they completely 
cleaned out house at the corner position. And, uh, you know, last year it was kind of frustrating to see Fulton uh, not get the action I thought he would as he was one of my guys last year. So um, I'm hoping he can step up and be that, uh, you know, development at number one corner. But, you know, right. after year one and him not seeing as much action as we thought, you know, you wonder how promising things are behind the scenes at practice and whatever they're seeing. But um, hopefully Fulton can develop into that guy. I think Samuels, um, you know, He's going to be a safe player that you can slot into the nickel role, and you're going to be comfortable with him there. I think he can play on the outside. That's definitely a little bit of a projection, but I think you know he's going to be a safe player in the nickel, which is um, it's no nothing to shrug at because you know that nickel position is a starter around the NFL, and I think yeah, you got to take away all three receivers, and I think he can help you do that. And I'm certainly not terrified of the quarterbacks in our division this year, so um, that's just me. That's up to you. Uh, moving on, over to the third round, got uh, pick number 73. Any notable names getting ahead of us? 72, Lions taking Kellen Mond. That one's interesting. So then at 73, Panthers picking up Cameron McGrone, linebacker out of Michigan. Now, so I mean, we said first three rounds, you got best available, you got an offensive tackle, and you got a linebacker. Only issue I have is no, no cornerback. But, Tyler, what was your thought process with this pick? Yeah, you know, at this point, corner was really thin. And uh, towards these later rounds, it is a deep classic corner, but I think it starts to really thin out, especially compared to this linebacker class. I think the linebacker class is good. And I think in that late second to early fourth round range, there's a big clump of linebackers that are going to go. And they all they all have um, their strengths and weaknesses. And a lot of them are actually really similar to each other. So here, uh, Cameron McGrone, he is my highest rated linebacker of available um he, he um this past season he was injured banged up most of the year he played through it though i think week one was the only game that he was fully healthy for and um you know you can really see that talent he was a five-star recruit number one linebacker in his class um played at michigan for a three-year starter um you know He's going to be your will linebacker, not a great rusher. That that was my one weakness on him, not the best pass rusher in the world. Good in coverage, um, has a ton of range against the run. He can cover sideline to sideline and has a lot of speed and is a great hitter and uh, is really good um, you know, taking on blocks and uh, holding his ground against the run is, is where I liked him. So I think, you know, with his speed adding to our defense um, that, you know, next to Shaq, I think that he would be a great understudy for Shaq. And I think that would just add more speed to our defense. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you per se. I mean, I look at. Def- I mean, because you, you're right about the way the class, the classes fell fell out or you know thin out. I still. I mean, we did a lot more in free agency to kind of take care of the linebacker or at least you know edge rusher that that area group. I mean, of course we got AJ Bowie and we got some other guy. You know, Rashawn Melvin. But in my mind, I feel like there still are some more holes at the cornerback defensive back position. So maybe I don't. My thought process maybe to try to get one up in that third round. Um, but either, I mean, like I said, linebacker or like, as long as we're taking care of the positions we need to take care of, I'm okay with that. I don't know what, you know, what Jeff or Shanti's think about that. I, from, from the highlights I watched, he's like, like, like Tyler said, he's, he's very active in the run game and he's a very, and he's a very active blitzer. Somewhere we, somewhere we struggled at mightily was stopping the run. And that's something that if you think about Panthers defenses of, of, of old, that one thing we're usually good at is playing the run. We lost, we lost Luke, and we and we looked like we were missing uh, missing a middle linebacker because we just did we just didn't have any. Our linebacker seemed late. I mean, you think about Tahir Whitehead and, and how bad and like how bad he was. I mean, he just seemed like he was out out of place a lot of times. Not that this kid would come in and start by by, by any means, but again, he would he would add more athleticism, more speed, and just again more is more physicality to that to that position group that needs a lot of help. 
Agreed. I think, you know, especially when you talk about the front line now, if you've got, you know, the front line with the addition, you know, Jones and stuff, stopping the run, get yourself a linebacker. Get somebody that's athletic. And, you know, really, I mean, to me, and, and you know, I've been a football fan all my life or whatever, you get to that third, fourth, fifth, you know, sixth round, you, you know, you're sometimes you're just throwing darts. Um, but I like the idea of linebacker. I, I do like the idea of that and getting somebody solid um, depth to get in there. And um, like you said, we went all defense last year and we went at corners and we went secondary and all that. Get yourself a solid linebacker and, and be able to, to fill those gaps when you send those four. Uh, you got to have somebody who can who can who can be physical and get after it. And I think this kid can do it. I I, I mean I, I like I said I don't think there's any way that you could really see any downside to that as long as you know we're filling up those spots. That's, I'm okay with that. Filling out the rest of that round. Um, we'll skip the Titans one. It's a Hunter Long, uh, tight end from Boston College, would be a need that y'all filled. Don't know how much he's going to uh, you know fill in really, but there's another Titan I want to uh, another pick that I want to go for the Titans in a sec. And then, so Panthers going into that fifth round, they pick up it with 113. Uh, yeah, fifth round, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the math, right? I think. Uh, fourth, fourth. Fourth, my man. I can't do math. See? <laughs> uh, Frank Darby. <laughs> Frank Darby, wide receiver out of, I want to say it was Arizona State. Yep. Is that he's out of, so, I mean, what what position, what role do you think he fills in there? I mean, we've got a lot of, you know, bargain bin guys and a lot of guys at wide receiver that don't really do a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, David Moore right now is looking at holding down this third wide receiver spot. And um, I think we definitely are going to be bringing some competition for that spot, even if he, uh, this receiver we bring is the fourth receiver. Um, Frank Darby, I think this is a little bit higher than I would take him. However, I know that the Panthers have visited with him and he's been a guy that's been kind of on a radar publicly. And, um, you know, you got to think that we're at least interested slightly in him. And I think in the fourth round here, after some of the top receivers that, you know, I could see the Panthers liking, they're kind of starting to be picked over. Like, um, and then Mon Ross St. Brown went in the middle of the third round. Some some guys like that, who I think the Panthers might like, that are picked over. I think Darby might be that next tier um, that, you know, fourth, third, fourth tier receivers after you get through some of those guys like Amari Rogers from Clemson, who I see as another fit for us. You know, I think Darby offers a lot after the catch. I think he's a good route runner. Um, you know, he, he's an experienced player who can do, do a lot for you. And I think um, he, he looked good at the senior bowl and he, he's a, you don't have to ask him to do a lot especially if we if we get the draft with, with we get Kyle Pitts um, he's gonna have to just fill a role and um, he won't have a very big role but he'll have to you know just do a couple of things and I think for a rookie to do that and maybe come in and compete with David Moore I think in the fourth round uh, if you can bring in some potential starting competition I think you'd do it with, with Darby you know I, I, I was watching his highlights a lot of his highlights really show him getting vertical vertical up, uh, up the field it's just well, now when I looked when I saw his 40 time, he seems to play faster than what his 40 time would suggest. His 40 time with a four was a four, five, six. So that did concern me a little uh, it did concern me quite a bit if I'm if I'm thinking about what we're gonna be asking the next guy in to do. David Moore is great, is, is also good at get, getting vertical down the field. I'm not I don't know, I don't know his 40 time, but I would imagine that you know four, five, six may be kind of you know, friends like I don't know if he can cut it with with, with the offense. Like we may be asking him to do different things, but 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 again, his tape his his tape checks out. His his his, his tape is nothing but him just getting over the, getting over the top of secondary. Now this is the Pac-12, and we know that playing Pac-12 secondaries is like you know going through a revolving door. So yeah, I mean it's, you know to each his own. But again, I, yeah, we're, we're like like Jeff said, we're getting into those later rounds where. You're having to just go with guys that you built relationships with over the draft process, guys that you just may personally like that you may take a shot on. They could possibly hit for you in a, in a big way for you and help help fill out your roster. 
What I saw from him was, you know, like you said, his 40 times is not going to set the world on fire at 4.56. Six foot, 200 pounds. Um, but what I did see was he was pretty consistent as a route runner, um, but not quick. I mean, he's not going to – you're not going to throw the deep ball to him. He's not going to beat anybody deep, I don't think. Um, but I think what I saw from him was consistent route running. It wasn't anything set the world on fire, but there was that consistency of how he ran his routes. And I think, um, you know, like you said, you're still talking Pac-12, but, um, you know, go out and prove it. No, I definitely think that too. And I mean, one thing I like that I like that I'm seeing so far, and maybe it's because it's Tyler drafting and it's not, you know, with any Matt Rule kind of input. There's no Temple guys so far. So far, there are no Temple or Baylor players so far in this draft class. So that would be at least some so, somewhat of a positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the problem I always have, and it just depends on like he's got to develop. We, I feel, like, I, I don't know if we waste it, but I feel like we just. A lot of cap space is utilized on just these receipts. I know we need more depth of the position than the normal position, but like, and they're taking contract cuts. But like, I mean, when was the last time Brandon or, or I mean, Seth Roberts, how much, many times did he actually touched the field? You know, we've gotten these guys that just kind of sit there and don't really do a whole lot. So I'm not going to say no to wide receiver. I mean, that's not something that I'm going to kind of shy away from. But especially if we were to get pits as well, like at that point, maybe even if they're like, depending upon what the cornerback, you know, spot looks like. I mean, maybe that's where, I mean, I'm going to be probably a bit more, you know, a home team guy and say, if we're going to go for a wide receiver or maybe a cornerback at that point, maybe get a little bit of reach, maybe go get shy instead, maybe get, you know, some guys that we, we've seen a little bit more of. But I, I understand the idea behind it. So I'll get a little bit for, further. I actually skipped one. Um, so Titans then in that one get offensive tackle out of Stanford, Walker Little. It's a good guy. But the guy I wanted to, and I missed it, it was in the, it was in the third round. I thought it was in the fourth. The Titans picking with pick 100. And I hope this is how it's pronounced, and I pray to God they pick him. Divine Diablo safety. His name is Divine Diablo, and that's just the best name I've ever heard. He's a safety out of Virginia Tech. Tyler, what? Who? How? Who is this man? Yeah, Jack. I'm throwing some more of these names at you. Uh, that's amazing. It's a pretty good class with the names, I'll say. It, oh my God, it's insane. I, half of these, the, like you have this spreadsheet, and half of them don't even fit in a normal grid of the spreadsheet. It takes up like half of it. Like, there's no way you can say – like, there's no way any of these announcers are going to be able to say any of these names. It's going to be yeah. horrendous. Yeah, good luck. Well, you better hope the, the Panthers have a good draft when it comes to names. Uh, he, but, um, you know, Divine Diablo, big athletic safety for Virginia Tech. Um, can kind of do it all. Definitely feel a lot more comfortable with him uh, dropping down in some of those short zones, dropping down in man coverage. Don't really want him hanging in the deep parts of the field, even though he is athletic, just has a bigger frame. And I think he adds more safety depth to that to that team. And, uh, I, you know, I don't think it's talked about him enough, but I think they, uh, you know, they really need it. Need it. Um, you know, Kevin Byer, obviously getting one of the top safety, safeties in the league. But next to, next to him, you got a lot of question marks. You know, Monty Hooker, a guy I thought was all right, um, you know, still need to see some more from him. But I think Diallo comes in and um, – you know, a much more athletic version of Hooker. And I think he could challenge for some reps and he, especially on third down his rookie year. I think that could be um, a place where he starts as more of a dime linebacker. Um, I think that could be a starting role for him as he develops and in, uh, into more of a you know true safety for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Kevin Byard. I mean, and even Kevin had a bad, you know, he won nothing to write home about this year. He kind of, he slid, slid down a little bit and Amani Hooker, like you said, yeah, just never really kind of, I don't know if he just haven't had the chance or, you know, we had Kenny Vaccaro there and we had some other people. So I don't know how it all worked out there or whatever. Um, would I love to own a divine Diablo Jersey? Absolutely. <laughs> Ab, are you kidding me? Especially as a safety. That's such a hard name for a safety. But the cool part like, about it. I can already think of the nickname. That's amazing. Yeah. But I go back to, um, um, and I did look him up a little bit because I saw Tyler doing it, was um, still that kind of, you know, Virginia Tech is known for that 
lunchbox mentality. Bring your lunch pail, go to work. That you know that that hard you know blue collar worker and stuff like that. So I think the physicality of what he could bring, especially to a Mike Vrabel defense, um, yeah. And the Titans got to do something uh, in, in terms of after Kevin Byer. Um, you know, so I, Kevin has done great at coverage. We need somebody who can tackle. And without Kenny Vaccaro there, um, who I thought was a great, you know, he, he was great at, at, at tackling in seven and especially runs and stuff like that. We definitely need somebody, yes. Yeah. So um, I'm all on the uh, D squared there. Uh, Divine Diablo. I'm all, be, I'm all for it. <laughs> it would be absolutely amazing. So now looking forward into the fifth and sixth rounds. Before we get to the Panthers' last three picks, got two South Carolina guys I want to touch on just a little bit. At 154, Jets picking up Israel Mukwamu. And then at 157, Vikings picking up Shai Smith. Shantice, what's your thoughts about those? Shai right. Smith and Vikings could be dirty. Well, look, Israel Mukwamu getting drafted is just, you know, just by the grace of God. Because honestly, I really don't see the Aside from size, I quite literally can't find anything positive that came from his career at South Carolina. Because if it wasn't for the Georgia game, he's like no one even knows who he is. Sam, he's been living that Georgia game for a good two years, and I'm about tired of that. <laughs> two of those picks were gimmicks. Two of those were just like, all right, you two of those were that batted play. up in the air. Yeah, but okay, shot going, shot going to the Vikings. Look, the they are Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Shot Smith, Shaka E. He got he could have a, he could have a, he could have a field day because I mean nobody I mean who's Who's go, who's going into any game thinking about Shaw Smith? No, at that point, nobody. No. He would he, he would have he would have free ride. He would he would just be he would just be another option on a team that has a bevy of them with 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 Dalvin Cook, with Adam Thielen, with Justin Jefferson already proven he can be a number one in the year one in year one history. He would just add on to what they already have. Now again, quarterback play would be to be seen. We still don't know what I mean, we don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to give you week to week. But from a weapon standpoint. He will have everything he needs to, re- to to flourish, you know. No, I 100%. Now, the only thing I would be upset about is 49ers. You have to pick 155, literally two before, and you're picking Richard LeConte the third. Get Shy and Debo back together. I'd love that. Do that for me. If Shy's around with the Titans pick, I would jump on that too. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a bad idea. AJ Brown, Shy Smith, Derrick Henry. Um, you know, great. You know, crazy enough, I don't know if the 49ers really have a, you know, a number one receiver. They, they, I, I, mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, they don't have a receiver that I can just say, this is your go-to guy. I mean, I like Debo, but Debo is still more of a, you know, jet sweet gadget kind of just he was having a gadget. He seemed more yeah, like a gadget. Yeah he's, yeah, he's definitely still more of a gadget. Yeah, he was just a great gadget in year one. I mean, That'd be a tough nickname for him. Can someone tell him to be either Inspector, Ga- Inspector Gadget or something else with Debo? I think Inspector Gadget would be nice. But, I mean, that's a, that's the a 49ers way. They never ha- they don't have a, like, a solidified number one running back. They just go with the, the running carousel of these guys that they have around. You know, they don't ever really have that. Um, yeah. Then, so then looking for it. I'm so glad I think of Shy and Divine together. That'd be great. Oh, it'd be amazing. It would be fantastic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> So then going into the fifth and sixth round and bypassing all of these names that are just atrocious to try to read because I'm not like none of them are under four syllables, at least for the next like at least 100 picks. None of them are. So then you go into the Panthers five and the two sixths because we got that last sixth off of a comp, uh, compensatory pick, correct? I believe. Yep. yep. So yes. you got Panthers getting Radarius Williams, cornerback out of Oklahoma State. Interesting part about that. That's actually Greedy Williams from Cleveland. That's his older brother. 
Don't know how that works, but that's his older brother. But also cornerback yeah. out of Oklahoma State. I guess he redshirted a couple years. Then you that's that fifth round pick, and Shanti's much to talk about all these. Then you got Derek Forrest at the University of Cincinnati, safety. Lord knows the position we need some depth in. Not gonna you know, not gonna push that one away. And then last pick, Elijah Mitchell, running back out of Louisiana. Talk about those three picks real quick. Yeah, so um, Rodarius Williams is a guy I liked a lot more than the fifth round, but in this case, he kind of just that fell fell to that pick just because you know, you know, the corners start to fall. Different guys, different teams are going to have different preferences at the position. Not every corner is going to be on every team's board, uh, just depending on what they like. So I think he kind of falls here to the fifth round, and you know, not often can you say that a fifth round pick is going to be a guy that can come in and compete. I think you know, I don't think he's what Troy Pride was coming out. I don't think he's you know that level of talent, but I think he's right there. And I think he could definitely compete um, for some time. And I think he could be somebody that comes off the bench in year one uh, due to injuries because you know we're going to have them. And also with A.J. Boye being uh, suspended the first two games, we're going to need somebody in there. Um, you know, that's not why you draft a corner, but, um, you know, that's another reason to uh, to look at it there. So I, I was um, I was pretty happy when Rodarius was there in the fifth round. Um, I had a, I had about a fourth round grade on him. And then looking at Derek Forrest, I think he's somebody we can have um, at safety that can play as a deep safety consistently. I don't think we have that on a roster right now. And, I, I'm, and if we do, we just don't know it. I, Chin hasn't proven he's been able to do that. And I'm not really sure we want to change his role too much. I mean, he was dominant player in year one so i think uh you know you want to you want to keep moving them around but i think Forrest can stay as a deep safety consistently kind of like we had in trey boston and uh, he's been a you know a very experienced player at cincinnati and uh so i'd be pretty excited to bring him in the sixth round he could also add some special teams value um hopefully he turns out better than a um than a Ken kenny robinson from last year and then looking at the last pick um elijah mitchell one of my favorite running backs in the draft. I'm this running back class is uh, is terrible, and um, he's one of the guys late that I like. So I think Mitchell, you know, big athletic kid who can who can do it all. You go to receiver out of the backfield, and I think he could develop into some guy that we trust as a backup. Because losing Mike Davis um, in free agency behind McCaffrey, it's uh, you know it, we got a lot of question marks, and we still haven't um, got answers to a lot of these guys. That some of them have been around for a couple of years, and we still don't know what we can get out of them. So I think Mitchell adding more competition to the running back room and uh, a physical guy that can come in and do a lot behind CMC. No, I definitely I agree with that. So then real quick before we end, 228, Mr. I guess not Mr. Relevant because this is the sixth round. Did you have a Mr. Relevant for the seventh? Uh, yeah. So uh, if you're looking at the spreadsheet, uh, the bottom, um, if you scroll, scroll down a little bit, the Packers at 256. Oh, I didn't even see that. I didn't even yeah. see that section. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So, want to talk about uh, Mr. Re Relevant a little bit? Uh, Packers taking to Morgan and Terry. Um, you know, it's always kind of interesting to talk about Mr. Relevant. Um, I think. Tamorian Terry is a guy that big athletic receiver from Florida State, and um, he was a bright spot in that program before it kind of started to go downhill these last couple of years. He was talked about a guy that could be a potential first, second round pick at one point. Um, these last two seasons weren't very productive for him, and he, you know, he kind of fell behind. But he did declare for the draft, and there are, he does have his fans on Twitter and um, around the draft world. There are some big Tamorian Terry Terry fans out there um, because he's big, athletic. He ran well at their pro day, and um, that's exactly actually what the Packers like in their receivers. You look at who they have, um, uh, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, Alan Lazard. Um, that's their mold of receiver, and I think he fits it well. So that was a pretty easy pick uh, for the Mr. Irrelevant. No, I I, 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 I always like to see that pick regardless of who it is. Oh, you know, yeah, 2009, Mr. Irrelevant, right? 
2009, anyone? You going um, South Carolina? Who that would have been? Oh, wait, wait, just Cunningham? Ryan Suckup. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, 2009. Oh, damn. Wow. Well, so close down, Tyler. I mean, at least for me, I'm going to give the same thing I gave the free agency so far. I'm going to give it an A-. I think you filled needs where we needed them. There might have been some picks I might have, you know, prioritized over the others. But, hey, I'll be happy if that's what they have at the end of the day. Now, quick, real quick for you, Tyler, before we end it off. UDFAs, how, how, how do you think – I mean, what do you think the, the, the group beyond the draft looks like and how active do you think we're going to be just real quickly when it comes to that time? Yeah, there's always going to be a couple uh, gems that are sitting there. There's always going to be a couple guys that the media likes. Um, some guys that we expect to maybe go early day three that kind of make it through um, undrafted for no real reason. And uh, sometimes those guys, you just never hear from them again. And that's why that's why they're UDFA. Some of the guys that we like as you know media fans and just guys watch it from here, the teams never really take a chance on them. They never work out. But looking at it, um, you know, I don't want to predict anything, but there's a couple of players I think that could be traded on draft day. I wouldn't rule Teddy out from being a player that gets moved on draft day. And um, if he does, I could see us picking a quarterback up, um, you know, taking a shot on a guy after the draft, whether that's an Ian book. Um, if they want more athleticism, maybe a guy to compete with PJ Walker, maybe a Sam Ellinger or Ian book. Um, just picking up a guy, bringing him in as a shot and, you know, no risk, you know, no risk in doing so. So I think a quarterback would be interesting. Um, definitely. Um, I would probably put money that we add a receiver as a UDFA just because of how deep the receiver class is. There's going to be guys that go undrafted. We picked up, um, uh, was Arizona, um, uh, receiver from uh, his, his name's not coming to me right now, but we picked him up. Omar Bayless. Uh, we picked him oh, up. Brothers, yeah. He had a little yeah. bit of, oh, yeah. Uh, so um, maybe something like that. Uh, tight end depth, I think would be something, maybe a bigger blocking tight end. Uh, Dan Ar Arnold's kind of small, a small receiver guy. And, you know, we're still waiting on Ian Thomas. Um, I would love to see some offensive line depth. So there's plenty of ways to go about it. Um, I'm sure we'll be bringing in some Baylor guys at some point, uh, whether that's through the draft or free agency. Um, I don't think that's over yet. Um, but, you know, really can't wait with it coming up in four days right now and three days when you guys are listening to this. So, uh We'll, we'll, um, we're going to have our thoughts and opinions on it. And it's de a lot's definitely going to happen, and uh, we're just hoping for the best. And Tyler, real quickly, what's or not Tyler? Excuse me, I'm I'm, I'm tired already. <laughs> Shantis, real quickly, what's one what one thing that the Panthers can do in this draft, and then you'll be happy with? What's one thing they need to do that'll make you happy? <sighs> Don't overthink that first pick. Just don't overthink it. Don't, don't, don't try to be the smartest person in the room and do some wild shit we ain't never heard of. Don't pay like that. Just do what we ask, and that's all. That's all. That's all I want. If you do what we ask, and we address either left tackle or we grab a a, a phenomenal talent like a Kyle Pitts, I will be happy. Just don't do anything else. Just you, you, you have one goal. Do it and go home. I agree. And lastly, first off, also, uh, congratulations to Justin Burst. We tried to mention that. He got engaged over the week to his girlfriend, went out and did it at NC State. So that was pretty cool. So congrats to him. We talked about safeties. Maybe that'll give him a reason to play a little bit better. But also, I don't, we haven't talked a little bit about the specifics of the draft, how it's going to look. I haven't read about you know what is going to be allowed with COVID or not. But if it's not as Zoom draft as it was last year, Jeff, is there anything you're going to miss? Any antics that you're going to miss from last year's draft that we might not get to see this year? Mike Vrabel's house. Mike Vrabel had the best thing. Well, either that or Bill Belichick and the dog. But Mike Vrabel, 
uh, the big thing that night you were there, you remember, it was like whether his kid was actually sitting on the toilet that you could see. Um, and then they had, I don't know what was going on at Vrabel's house. It was, it was terrifying. I want to back up what Shanti said though, real quick and I, and then we'll go, I, I'm sure. But, um, don't trade out of the first round. Do not trade out of the first round. Don't, don't, don't do that. Get your cop. get, like he said, get your tackle, get your tight end, but do not trade out of that first round. Um, I don't care how good it is unless they bring, I don't know what it would be, but um, don't do that and you'll be fine. But I'm going to miss the annex of who, who had the, um, I think one guy had his kid, um, you know, trying to go to bed. I, it was just so, it was, listen, and, and Roger Goodell in his basement. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. It, it was, was it, I, I, you know, I'm going to kind of miss it a little bit, but, um, you know, good luck to everybody out there. Um, you know, it's, it's a great thing. And here we go. And then, you know, within a month we'll have the, uh, you know, the, the, the schedule comes out May 12th. Um, so we're right around the corner from that. So let's play football. I'm excited for it. Like I said, we're, we're itching for it and we're going to have content come out every day up until then. And even content coming out that day and coverage as the first, as the rounds go on. So continue to check back in on our Twitter and Instagram with the same handle P one N underscore network, to listen to the episode. And we're going to keep having stuff for you as we come along. And just as we all just itch and wait for that day to come. And hopefully, I mean, the only thing we can do until then is to keep pounding.